Thursday, November 16. Free from sin. Keeping in mind what we have studied so far in Romans 6, consider now Romans 6, 19-23. How can you make real in your life the crucial truths that Paul is addressing? Here's the text. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul's words here show that he fully understands the fallen nature of humanity. He talks about the infirmity of your flesh. The Greek word for infirmity means also weakness. He knows what fallen human nature is capable of when left on its own. Thus, again, he appeals to the power of choice, the power we have to choose to surrender ourselves and our weak flesh to a new master, Jesus, who will enable us to live a righteous life. Romans 6.23 often is quoted to show that the penalty for sin, that is, the transgression of the law, is death. Certainly, sin's penalty is death, but in addition to seeing death as sin's penalty, we should see sin as Paul describes it in Romans 6, as a master dominating his servants, duping them by paying them off with the wages of death. Notice, too, that in his development of the figure of the two masters, Paul calls attention to the fact that the service of one master means freedom from the service of the other. Again, we see the clear choice, one or the other. There is no middle ground. At the same time, as we all know, being free from the dominion of sin does not mean sinlessness. It doesn't mean we don't struggle and at times even fall. It means, instead, that we are no longer dominated by sin, however much a reality it remains in our life, and however much we must claim daily the promises of victory over it. Thus, this passage becomes a powerful appeal to anyone who is serving sin. This tyrant offers nothing but death as payment for doing shameful things. Therefore, a reasonable person should desire emancipation from this tyrant. In contrast, those who serve righteousness do things that are upright and praiseworthy, not with the idea of thus earning their salvation, but as a fruit of their new experience. If they are acting in an attempt to earn salvation, they are missing the whole point of the gospel, the whole point of what salvation is, and the whole point of why they need Jesus. Mm-hmm.